Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Part of our mini Monday series will include episodes surrounding wrongful convictions. Our wrongful convictions will be coming from the Innocence Project website. For those of you that do not know, the Innocence Project is a nonprofit organization that, by their definition, exonerates the wrongfully convicted through DNA testing and reforms the criminal justice system to prevent future injustices. This organization is widely known for the many cases in which they successfully proved a person's innocence. For each wrongful conviction mini-episode, the information we are presenting can be found mostly on innocenceproject.org. A wrongful conviction story this time is about a man named Herman Atkins. Herman spent 12 years in prison before finally being exonerated. This is his story. Grab your coffee, put a little bit of cream and sugar in there, and let's dive in. This story starts on April 8, 1986, when a 23-year-old shoe store employee was robbed and then raped at gunpoint around 11.30 in the morning in Riverside County, California. After the rape, there was semen found on the sweater of the victim. The victim was taken to the hospital where a rape kit was completed, including a vaginal swab and the collection of her sweater. The victim was then taken to the police station, and while they were questioning her about the attack, they showed her yearbooks from the local high school and asked her if she recognized any of them as her attacker. Seems like a weird way to do that, unless there was, like, a victim who was like, I was at a high school party, but she wasn't. That seems like a weird way to do it. I thought so, too. So she had described her attacker as young, so part of me thinks that maybe that was the only reason that they just went with looking through the high school yearbooks and i don't know if it was just that school yearbook or the last couple years it's an interesting tactic though that's what i thought i i don't know how i feel about it yet if i like it or dislike it but i have a feeling i'm gonna have more of an opinion the more you get into the story well it really doesn't even go back to that honestly yeah so she had described her attacker as thin young african-american and he was said to have been wearing reebok shoes and a gold ring She stated that none of the people in the yearbook fit the description of the attacker. So it actually took a little while, a couple months, until she saw a wanted poster for a man named Herman Atkins that she decided that was her attacker. So the wanted poster for Herman was for a completely unrelated charge as he had recently been involved in a case where his friend was being robbed and Herman was trying to shoot at the robbers and accidentally shot one of the police. So that was why that wanted poster was out for him. She was then shown a photo lineup, which included Herman's photo, and she picked him out of the lineup. So they also showed the photo of Herman to an employee that worked at the next door store. And she stated that Herman had been at her store earlier that day. And this was enough to put him in the right place at the right time. And he was arrested in October of 1986 for the rape and robbery of the victim. The trial in 1988 was pretty quick. It included the eyewitness testimonies of the victim and the employee of the neighboring store. There was also a criminalist that testified the semen found on the victim's sweater and on the swabs came from someone with blood type A, which was consistent with Herman. The DNA found on the sweater also was only present in 4.4% of the population, 
and Herman and the victim were both in that percent. Richard Bentley, the lead prosecutor in the trial, told the jury, quote, so the evidence can't be used to say this is exactly him, but it excludes a large percentage of the people and does not exclude him. And that's cooperation, end quote. And I just don't agree. <laughs> it does. I mean, there's still reasonable doubt then. And then you said the the sample, the DNA sample, mm-hmm. was that from the semen sample they got? Yes. Okay. So Herman stated, though, that he had never been in Lake Elsinore, which is where that store was. And that was about an hour from Los Angeles, which is where he and his wife were saying that he was at that time. Herman did not have a vehicle when the rape happened. So his wife was like, there's no way that he could have even been there. But in the end, Herman was found guilty and charged with robbery and rape and then sentenced to 45 years in prison. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. The Innocence Project started to work on Herman's case in 1993. The Innocence Project got access to the sweater and the vaginal swabs in 1995 and worked to get them submitted to be tested for DNA. They finally were able to test it in 1999, 13 years after the crime was committed. They were able to test the DNA on three separate spots of the sweater, and all three spots concluded that it was not, in fact, Herman. They committed the rape. Herman was finally released from prison in February of 2000 after serving 12 years in prison. As soon as he was released from prison, he started attending college and taking classes in psychology. He then met and married Mochara Hogue on February 18, 2006, which was six years exactly after the date of his release. The two of them went on to start a nonprofit organization called Life Intervention of Exonerees, which they used to help others who are wrongfully convicted get their wrongfully convicted sentences, which they use to help others who are wrongfully convicted become exonerated. And something that I thought was cool was that they give little like gift baskets as like a welcome out gift to the people that they help once they're released from prison. So Herman went on to study law in 2009 and eventually sued Riverside County, California for the wrongful conviction and won the lawsuit with a $2 million payout. Herman continued to take this life experience and turn it into good by helping convince California state legislators that they should increase the payout for those that have been wrongfully convicted. So they used to have it at a max of $10,000, and that was it that you could get. 
but he got it raised to $100 per day spent in prison. I was going to say, that's insane if you think about, like, let's say they just work a, like, normal normal job. Like, one year of being in prison, not be able to work, it's going to, let's say, at least, like, 30000 Yeah. So, just $10,000 for, what was it, 13 years? That's, yeah. That's just... <sighs> well, and one of our other cases was, like, 25 years of wrongful conviction. That's just $10,000 for 20... That's crazy. No amount of money is going to mm-hmm. make up for it, but it should be enough... I think that they can start live, over. Yeah, live comfortably until, you know, mm-hmm. they can get to a point where they can fulfill for themselves. Exactly. Because even if you're exonerated, I do think maybe some places would still look like down on that. It also would be just, especially in the time period, I think for him, when you come out, technology changes so quickly. In, like, life, I guess. I think it would just be very hard to adjust. Oh, absolutely. So I do really enjoy that you said him and his wife started a program for people like that. Yeah, I thought it was really awesome. So this story, it kind of makes me smile. It's one of those ones that shows that you can take a totally bad and inconvenient situation and turn it around to make something good come out of it. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepot at outlook.com. If you would like to support us, go to anchor.fm forward slash Erica dash Abby. Donations to our podcast are greatly appreciated and go into making the podcast possible. If you like us, you can recommend us or give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us on your podcast listening medium. Thank you so much.